0: Right, okay. Hello, folks, and thanks for tuning in to the Shaggy Lola Salami show. I'm your host, Shaggy Lola Salami. If this is your first time listening to the show, the show is a virtual cafe with a group of book lovers chatting about indie books over a virtual coffee. We talk about books by self-published authors from fiction to non-fiction, romance to sci-fi, as well as industry news. As a listener, what can you get out of the show, you ask? Well, you get to discover previously unknown books by self-published authors, and hopefully would like at least one of them enough to buy it. I have a one-year-old assistant, so you may hear her every now and then contributes to the discussion. Today on the show, I have with me Jason. Jason, can you introduce yourself, please?
1: Uh, Hi, my name is Jason Clam. (laughs) I just said said it the way most people pronounce it. My name is Jason Clam. Um, and uh, I am the author of uh, a book called Post The Interwebs Explained, which is a fake history of the internet. It came out last November. And before that, I wrote a book called Looking Forward, A Hope Moir, which is a fake presidential campaign manifesto.
0: Okay, and how about you, Emma Woods?
2: Hello, I'm Emma Woods. I'm from small town Ohio. Um, I'm a young adult fiction author. I wrote my first novel about a year ago, had it published in October. I moonlight as a 911 dispatcher as well. Thank you for having me. No, thanks
3: for being here. And we also have on the show Gabriella. Oh, hello there. As you said, my name is Gabriella, and I've written a book called Georgina Holocaust Survival Stories, about two years ago, and it is a best-seller on Amazon. And uh, what more can I say? It is about my family and how to see outside the square. Okay, It is inspirational. good, yes. And I also have
0: with me Ryan. Hello, Ryan.
4: Hello there. Hello, thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, My name is Ryan. (coughs) Sometimes I go by my uh, pseudonym, which is Clyde P. Riddlesbrood. And uh, I've recently written a book about, um, it's kind of like a gothic fantasy uh, book about uh, a theater company, and um, it's actually up on um, Amazon right now, so I hope you take a look at that too. It's very unusual, very different.
0: Oh, Perfect. Um, so, as like I said earlier, on, it's a virtual cafe. I've got with me mean, my nice big extra, uh, my nice big log of extra chocolatey, extra milky chocolate, and my little assistant. She's having her little cup of frothy milk, which is they give it a nice fancy name of baby latte. Um, so, what are you guys having?
4: Hmm. <laughs> I have a bottle of vodka.
0: <laughs> I think that's a good idea Do they have vodka in cafes? I don't know what type of cafe you, you're going to
3: I think they're going yep. A cappuccino sounds nice A hot chocolate
0: Hmm. Yes, no, definitely. Okay, now that's fine. Um, so these days when you're on the net, when you're off the net, the net just doesn't seem to want to leave one alone. Or maybe it is us who cannot leave the net alone. Everyone and their mother seems to have some form of activity on the internet. We are constantly being bombarded with information every single day. Emma, what is your take on this? How do you think an author can let his or her voice be heard from amongst the drone of voices? I mean, is
2: it important to do this? I absolutely think it's important, especially to an indie author. Um, But I don't think it can be gimmicky. The best advice I've ever received was just to be yourself and see how far that will take you. Um, you find a better following than if you try too hard or try to build too fast. Um, I also think taking a step back and evaluating every once in a while is beneficial. Um, today, actually, I'm just coming off of a two-week hiatus from social media.
0: Mm. Oh, good, good, good. Um, I think that was through- your hiatus was write your novel.
2: Right, yes.
0: Yeah, okay, No, that's fine, that's that's quite interesting. And how about you, Ryan? What do you think an author can do to connect with his readers naturally? I mean, what is your view on social media in general?
4: Well, I think one of the things that I have utilized that have helped me is to use um, storytelling. Uh, in in our uh, social media kind of outreach, you know, with our Facebook and uh, Twitter and all that, you know, we use um, I use this character, this uh, unrealistic character called Clyde P. Riddle, that cult mysterious character, and that also has to do with the the book. Um, so I I tend to put out mysterious quotes, unusual things that make it seem as if it's more interesting something unknown that piques people's curiosity to learn more and say what is that what, you know I want to find out what that is
0: Hmm. Okay, no, that's just great to know. Um, I think um, you know it's something that a lot of um, you know other self-published authors would also want to know. I mean, be it Facebook, be it Twitter, times are hard and all businesses are using every strategy they can think of to get our money. Uh, well, what little money there is in this economy? Um, Facebook and Twitter are constantly advertising their um, advertising services claiming that it can help you grow your business or your brand. There are also lots of people out there that offer to give you thousands of followers for a small amount of money in return. Um, Jason, a lot of people go up in a huff with regards to these individuals who offer you thousands of followers within a matter of minutes. Facebook and Twitter, for instance, do so, but in a slightly different way. I mean, how how different are they all really? I mean, you still have to pay for the followers, whichever provider you use. Uh, what do you think are the pros and cons of using any of them? What one tip would you give a newbie author to grow his fan base?
1: Um, as far as using them, I'm <clears throat> I'm against them personally, but if, if that's your thing and if it's part of what you do and you can afford to do that, I guess go ahead and do it. But I'd rather gain a fan base from my actual writing. And while my fan base isn't where I would love it to be, I still would rather it grow as a result of, again, my writing Uh, and people enjoying my writing. Um, As far as one tip, I would say, honestly, just... uh, The word networking is, uh, I guess, overused now in terms of social networking, but the way I get people to listen to my listen to my stuff or read my stuff specifically is I go on to other people's podcasts. So I've got my own small podcast network, but I also, you know, try and get onto as many other podcasts as I can because the more people who listen to me talk about it and hear other people talk about it. That's that that kind of first hand experience with the book, or at least with me, is something that makes people interested, I think.
0: Yeah, oh, cool. Thanks for that. Um, Gabriella, when you're on a social on your social media account, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you see a business or a brand with thousands of followers? Does it influence your decision um, for checking them out in the first place? What do you think about a business that has a small amount of followers?
3: With a small amount of followers, it's not. Uh not that advisable for me to go on, but what I do go on to is a lot of radio interviews and podcasts and also the book being on Amazon, it definitely, if you have a good cover and an interesting story to tell, I think Amazon really helps you and also I find YouTube to be very useful by putting out some things on YouTube and having interviews and telling about your story.
0: Yeah. No, 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 what I'm asking is that, let's say for instance, oh. as a consumer, in this instance rather than being an author, oh. if you go, say you, you find an author that you've just discovered. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I told you, she comes in every now and then and she likes to, you know, contribute to the discussion. And oh, it. It. <laughs> She's gorgeous. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so but what I was asking is, let's say you're a consumer and you see a new author or a new brand that you've not heard before. And you go and check them out on social media, say Facebook or Twitter, for instance. And if they have thousands of followers or they have less than a thousand followers, does that dis- does that influence your decision on whether or not you will do business with them? So if no, you are
3: not really. Now, no, if it's interesting, and I think that it is interesting, I would definitely follow them and have a look at their book. Okay, so the amount of followers doesn't really make a difference to you? No, not really. Not If it's interesting, and I think it's interesting, I'll have a look at... So most authors would put a, a page or, or or a part of their book up and I definitely would read it. And if I like it, well then I'd buy it. Okay, no, that's, that's fine. And what about you, Emma? You know, those, the
0: presence like... you know, I'm asking you this question as a consumer and not an author. As a consumer, if you saw a product or an author or someone else that you wanted to buy something from, uh, and you go on their social media page, does the amount of followers they have, does that influence whether or not you take them seriously or not? Like if they only had five followers, for instance, would that you know go against them? Or would that make you think, oh, that doesn't really matter, I'll just still check them out. Like what is what is how does that influence your decision?
2: It would influence my decision enough to check out how long if I look back and their posts have been two years and they only have five followers, then I might just skim over it and say, Mm, there's something not right. I mm-hmm. mean, if they've only been around for two months and they only have five followers, I'd still probably at least look into it more and decide if it's for me or not. So.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Well, I guess if, if that's the way you're thinking, that it just makes sense that, you know, there are also other, you know, consumers, so let's say someone's coming and they're coming to check you out, then they might also, because I've heard some people, they, they've said that if they go onto a page and, the you know, and a person doesn't have any follower, it kind of just makes them think, hmm, what's going on here? How come you don't have any follower? How come nobody likes your product? Uh, but it's, you know, good to know that you will at least give them, you know, a chance and see um, whether whether you know whether or not it's it's worth looking into. Okay, that's fine. Thank you for that. Uh, so now that we've got the serious stuff out of the way, um, also tell us about your book that we're going to talk about today. What is it called? What inspired you to write it? How long did it take? Did you do any research? I'm just asking a million questions at once. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the thing that inspired me to write it uh, is that I, uh, years ago, wanted to do a video series that was about the history of the Internet, but a fake history of the Internet. Okay. And, and I've, just, I've always written fake history. It's just been a, a fun thing that I've done. My first book was a fake, it's kind of a fake autobiography because I was pretending to run for president. And, uh, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I've been doing that since 2004 and we're continuing it this year, but yeah, I've only written the one book uh, and uh, as far as that goes. And then um, I wanted to do this video series on the history of the internet, but the way I wanted to do it was make it look like an old educational film. And then I discovered the BBC series Look Around You and realized I'm not going to do that. So I decided, well, maybe I could turn this into my next book. And I had only written a novella at the time, so I'm like, well, can I actually write 50,000 words of fake history and I kind of realized throughout it that – and I, I did a little bit of research. I bought a bunch of old uh, internet history uh, – not history, pardon me, old internet yeah. instructional, instructional manuals from the early 90s, mid-90s, late 90s. And I did a little bit of research but kind of realized that most of the knowledge was already in my head. And I just – because I was writing fake history, I just jumped off of the, the few key points I knew about the internet, distorted them enough. And, uh, and made this really unbelievable history, although I say unbelievable, and a lot of people who've read it have said, well, is, is this real? And I have to explain to them, well, only a very, very small parts of this are real.
0: OK. OK, that. You didn't tell us the name of your book, and where can people get it if anyone comes? If someone you know eavesdropped on our virtual uh, cafe conversation, and they wanted to do it, like, oh, this book sounds interesting. What is it called? What's your book called? Where can they go and get it from?
1: That's probably the most important question. Um, yeah, it's called Postmodem, The Interwebs Explained. Uh, you can go to postmodembook.com or uh, you can buy it on Amazon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and yeah, those are the two best places to find it. Oh, Perfect, perfect. Emma, um,
0: as you read the book, what feelings did you get? Did um, the author deliver for you with his work?
2: He absolutely did, and it was very believable. It's the first satirical nonfiction book I'd read. And I think that having the photos was a perfect touch. It made it extremely like if someone just walked up to me and said, Hey, there was Wi Fi in the fifties, I would have laughed and said, No, where's your tinfoil hat? But like reading it like that and seeing what you had there, you know, it's like, oh, really interesting, made it believable.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, and Gabriella, when you were reading the book, what was the best part of it for you? or did you hate it?
3: Well, I, I never hate anything because that's not very respectful for other people, but I did, I'm did. i not that good on the internet, so actually I didn't even realize it was a fake or a satire, but I <laughs> thought it was very interesting. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, Brian, now
0: if someone, let's say you've not read the book, we're going to assume you've not read the book, right? And you go on Amazon and you hear these ladies, you know, or you see their reviews written on there, Um, would it influence you to go and get it? And just going from the sort of, you know, reviews that they've put, you know, what, what sort of things, like, do you find it as an exciting enough read to make you want to read it? You know, what do you think about it?
4: Well, if you're just looking at reviews, um, <clears throat> I mean, it is a factor. I would say the, the biggest thing for me is how I encountered the book. Um, I mean, usually I just don't go browsing around and just looking. Usually I'll encounter it from a podcast or somebody will tell me about it or I'll, I'll hear it referenced in a show. So usually that's my first encounter with it. And then if I go to their page and I see reviews, um, you know, obviously if I see a lot of bad reviews, I kind of look at it to see what it is, because you know they could be thought it was stupid if I mm. see it like that I don't really give a lot of credence to that, but if it's like very long and kind of detailed and why they didn't like it and mm. I see a lot of them, maybe I won't do it um, but if it's kind of like a mix I, I don't look at that as a negative because i think as a writer, if you don't alienate some people, then you're probably, it's probably not good, because nobody likes everything, and you can't please everybody, so, you know, if, if you're writing a political book about the left wing or the right wing, you would expect the opposite to hate the book, you know, so, so I mean, if, if, if both the left and the right like it, it probably is bad, right? So, I would say I would give reviews, you know, of uh, maybe a little bit of importance but not too much.
0: good, good, good. I think we also did a segment um, I think our first episode was also in reviews and it's quite interesting you know how different people feel differently um, about reviews. Myself personally before becoming an author I don't routinely check reviews of books if it was a product now because I'm not very techy savvy type person and it's almost like I just want someone to just tell me here take this product because Da da, da da So I tend to always normally use reviews from products, but then with well, since becoming an author myself, the review process I found, you know, has helped me to improve. So I also do check out reviews, um, but just more to see the you know, the bad side rather than the good side. I don't want to hear oh, all those excellent. I want to hear what was wrong with it, those sort of things. Um uh, okay, that's great, thank you guys. Um so have you read any Indie books in the last year? Um and if so, what was the best one for you? Why did you hate it or why did you like it? Uh, let's start with you, Jason.
1: Um, boy, that's a good question. Um, I uh, boy, <laughs> indie authors should
0: a supported. Indie authors.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know and, and that's just it. I've and I, I work with a bunch of <laughs> indie authors too. So, it's, but I, I there is a gentleman who I found by actually designing a book cover for him probably ten or twelve years ago, uh, named Timothy Gager. And G uh, A G E R, and he writes poetry. And I'm not—it's not all poetry, but uh, his poetry I actually enjoy. And I don't normally enjoy poetry at all. And it's—it's it's a stretch to for me to even sit and read poetry. But he's—he's a—you he's a, know—and that's how I discovered him by working with him. But um, he, he's quite good. I really like his work a lot. He's in uh, Massachusetts. He said,
0: so "Why do you like it there? What was it? You know, you said you don't normally like poetry. So what was it about his work that made a good you like question.
1: him?" I, I feel like, and again, like I, I normally lean towards comedy, even as a comedy writer, and a lot of comedy people avoid comedy, but his stuff was just very uh, stark without being bleak. Uh, there's something very emotionally uh, poignant about the way he writes without it being um, self-involved. And again, poetry can be very self-involved, and his wasn't. And there's just something just, just about the, just the way he writes that he's obviously a very emotional human, who uh, doesn't seem to be caught up in who he is, but more caught up in how he's feeling?
0: Oh wow! Well, I guess that's what poetry is about. You know, it's sort of supposed to give you some sort of emotional feel to it. And if he's done that for you, then well done to him. What was his name again? And what was what's his book called? Uh,
1: his his name is Timothy Gager, G A G E R. Um, and you know, actually, let me. I'd have to look at the name of his latest book because he he writes a lot, uh, a lot more than I do. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Let's see. His most recent book is actually a novel, and I haven't read that, So, but I'm, I'm sure it's good because his po- poetry is great. Uh, TimothyGager.com is where you can find it, but it's The Thursday Appointments of Bill Sloan, and I have not read it, so I mean, I can't, I can't necessarily recommend the book, but I can definitely recommend the author.
0: Oh, okay. Perfect, perfect. I'm sure he would like to hear that you've given him a nice shout-out in our virtual cafe. How about you, Emma? Uh, What indie books, if you've read any indie books, and whoa, to not read any indie books. (laughs) So what was it you read in the last year, and what was the best one for you? Why did you like it?
2: Um, Actually, last week, I I read a historical romance uh, called Love Me Not by Alison Whitmore. Um, it was the kind of book you, you don't put down once you get involved. Um, when I got stuck writing, I'd stop writing and, and read. Um, it was nice. It took place in World War II, but that was just a backdrop. It didn't have a whole lot to do with the story. There was a bit of a murder mystery in it, so it was a historical romance with a murder mystery. There was a lot of things going on. Um, but the characters were really relatable, and there was a lot of action that kept it moving. Oh, good, good,
0: good, good. Um, right,
3: and how about you, Gabriella? Well, I've read one just not very long ago. I'm just trying to think if I remember the name or the (laughs) name of the author. I just absolutely enjoyed the book. If I come, I'm looking in my Kindle, when you started asking, I was looking in the Kindle, but I can't seem to open it up to find out which book it was that I read, because I've read quite a few, but anyway. There no, no. we go. It's opening. Now, if you come back to me later, I'll, uh, here we go. Maybe it is the opening up.
0: Okay, no, that's fine. I'll ask, yeah. I'll, I'll ask, um, right, and then when I've asked, and then hopefully by then you, you would have found, um, the book that you've read, that you've <laughs> loved. Uh, okay, so over to you, Ryan. What book did you read in the last year that you liked indie book?
4: Um, you know what? Uh, you know, when you say indie book, I'm not sure if this is, uh what, what counts as an indie book. Uh, it just so happens that Over the last couple of months, I got into Goodreads, you know, um, and I I was going on there, and I kind of, like, got some people's books that they wanted people to beta read. So, Mm -hmm. recently, I've been, like, enjoying beta reading for people and giving them some ideas or ways that they could improve, I think, the storyline or errors in in the story. Uh, and, And I actually really enjoyed that because... I was going through that with other other people. I was trying to get people to beta read my story. Um, yeah. So, so I, I just enjoy uh, doing that. Um, but the last, I, I would say the last regular book I read was maybe about two months ago. And uh, I think it was called um, Mrs. Peregrine's House of Unusual Children or something like that. Um, okay. It's it's been in the library. Uh, I mean, it's been in the in the, the big bookstores, and it had a really cool cover, and and it had an interesting flap, um, you know, uh, story there. So I read it. Uh, I was actually surprised that it was not that good. Um, you know, it's funny, like you know, when you're a writer, a first time writer, you know, you assume that. If you're in a bookstore, they must be very good. But when yeah. I read this, I was kind of like surprised. Like, really? Wow! This this is not that great. Um, mostly storytelling-related things. So I tended being tended to be overly critical of it. Uh, it had a lot of issues. I thought with the um, with the story, it gave away the, the basic mys- mystery too early. So mm. the first the first uh, you know the first twenty percent of the of the story was actually getting really good and then all of a sudden they just spilled the beans and, and revealed the secret of everything and then after that it just didn't seem that great so mm-hmm. i felt like you should have presented. anyway that was the last thing i read that um you know would be like a full novel that somebody that you could look up i guess
0: okay yeah that's that's good um i've i've not read any um recently because um I've been trying to finish my last book, um, but then I did read, I've read a few books that I thought were good. um let's see, which one will I say now, did it, did it, did it. you know what, let's go to Gabriella, this is so funny, we keep going back and forth, and I will open my Goodreads account and then I will tell you the one I, I really like Goodreads, it helps you to keep track of what you've read, what you've not read, and how, what progress. Um, you're very So, Gabriella, did you
3: find the uh, name of the I book? I can't or? seem to get it up. I know it's by Paula, St- uh, it's a, a lady called Paula, but yeah. I am trying to find it. If I can get back to you, a... when <laughs> I get back, it was a fascinating book. I knew it was very interesting because it starts with a dysfunctional family. Okay. And ends up with being a lovely romance, but I thought it was she describes all the characters very well it was quite quite interesting mm-hmm. okay That's fair okay so one of the ones that i read uh, was in year. this one i
0: read in november it's called the catch by um richard becker um i actually did enjoy it i think when i started reading it i was going to myself oh my god oh my god oh my god it was like I couldn't imagine a book being so good. It was well written. It was tastefully written. You know, I found, you know, his writing style. He was he was a craftsman. Like I couldn't find when I was writing my review on Goodreads, I couldn't think of anything else, you know, to describe him. I mean, I've written lots of books from authors that are on Goodreads, but his one, you know, because normally I would give maybe five star, four star, or three star, and most books I tend to give four stars because they were really good, but they were not like, oh my god, this is fantastic. Whereas his was one of the few ones that I thought was like, oh my god, this is fantastic um, type of book. I mean, after reading it, I did go and look at other people's reviews of it, and I think some people think it's one of those, is it Lost because I don't really watch a lot of TV. Um, and so people thought it was a mixture of lost and something else, but it was really fantastic read. Um, for me coming from a point of view that I don't I don't watch um, TV. Oh, right, okay, that's it. So, you know, good just going back to, you know, our earlier discussion and um, about how to grow organically on social media, um, you know. I think what I'm about to say would be useful not just to authors, but you know, to everyone you know who's trying you know to do a business um, online. Because again, being an author, that's your brand, that's your business. Um, yeah. You know, so here's what I think, um, and I am not a marketing expert, but this is just what I think. You know, would would be a good way for you know for an author to implement, and it's free of charge. So you need to think to yourself, where is my audience? right? And so, you know, if you're an author, the first place that you need to be on is Goodreads. And in most of my show, I seem to talk about Goodreads a lot. I I have to make a disclaimer here. I do not get paid by Goodreads. I I mean, I would like to get paid, but I do not get paid by Goodreads to talk about them. It's just that since I've joined, you know, Goodreads, um, it's something that I've benefited from a lot, you know, in the sense that I've been able to network with other authors. um, And I've also connected with book readers and bloggers. Um, So the first thing you need to do is go where your audience is. Right? Um... So Goodreads, I think, is a good place to start, you know, because everyone there likes books in one way or the other. When you've got your account on Goodreads, next thing that you need to do is join groups. You know, be social, build connections, and then ask for those connections to connect with you on other platforms, you know. And then also, you know, you have to sew good cameras like so this. What do I mean? You need to be willing to do more. Than you hope to receive. So, for instance, if you have a new book out and you want everybody to tell their network about your book, then you should also be willing to tell your network about other people's book. So, if you want people to share your book on Twitter, you should also share other people's you know books on Twitter. And I think that's how you start to connect. Um, you know, you can offer people book. You know, like I think it was quite or. Jason who said he, you know, he does beta reading for all the authors, you know, so if you do that, then when you need your book to be read, you will find that you know other people would be willing to do the same for you. So is this new term which I'm using now, because I think it's really cool, is you have to sow good karma, okay? <laughs> and then, you know, by the time you do all of that, you know, surprise, surprise, you will find that you will have people retweeting you that you didn't even know. Um, and then add every one of them, and you will see that some of them will add, you know, add you back. As a newbie author, I know this is time-consuming, but it is a new journey that you're on. So why wouldn't you want to enjoy it? If you're not willing to invest in yourself, how do you expect others? To invest in you, um, I mean, if it all sounds complicated and you would like someone to talk you through what you're doing, um, you know, please feel free to contact any of the authors, you know, who you know you've spoken to or who have been on the show today, because they've been on the journey, they've explained and um, you know experienced it firsthand. They should be able, to, you know, I'm sure they would be willing. I'm assuming, and I'm saying they should but Who knows? Maybe they don't. But uh, let's just say that given you know, that they would be willing to, you know, put you through. Um, you know, any questions that you may ask or, you know, if you'd like, you know, speaking to them, you can also go and check that books out um on Amazon. Uh can guys just, you know, if we start from Jason, can we just talk about a books format, Just so in case anyone has missed the title from the fours that I'm using, um, they can go and check it. Because I think, you know, with this one, you know, you've seen the review that um, Jason's book, you know, that the other authors, you know, these are, you know, authors who have also liked his book, um, so if you sounds interested enough that you would like to check it out, then please do. So Jason, can you please remind them the title of your book again?
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I do this. I, I put fake words in, in the title of every one of my books, apparently, but it's Postmodem The Interwebs Explained. Okay, perfect.
0: And how about you, Emma?
1: What's your book? My book
2: is Eastern Savages, It's book one of the Beastly series. Okay,
3: perfect. And Gabriella. Oh well, my book is called Georgina Holocaust Survival Stories and it is on Amazon, it's a true story. I did remember the lady's name, it's Paula Hausman and it's called Odyssey in a Teacup. It's it's very different, it's something, again, very different book. I loved reading it, really enjoyed it. Oh,
0: perfect, perfect.
3: And how about Ryan?
4: Oh well, uh, my book is called Riddles Brood, the greatest brochure in the world, um, and it's uh, it's kind of a metafictional book. It, it 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 starts off as if you think you're reading a very long brochure, and then it becomes this kind of fantastical, uh, hmm. you know, horror novel in some ways. So it's very
0: unusual.
4: Yeah. That's amazing.
0: Oh yeah. I mean have you gone to his website? When I saw his website uh, landing page I was like, Oh my god, okay. This this guy, you know, sounds like someone you would want to um, check out. So please do go check out his website. I mean I haven't checked the other author's website, but his one I did and it was like, Oh my god. Uh, but it was quite quite an interesting website to see to check out I think. Um Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so I think that's about it. Like I said, you know, if if anything sounds complicated and you would like someone to talk you through it, feel free to contact any of the authors on the show. Or if you would like, you know, sort of structured one-to-one consultation, then please feel free um, to contact me um, as well. So that's it um, for today. If you would like to be in the audience for my next show, please subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can get updates that way. Um, if you would like to sponsor the show, please do get in touch as well. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen, for sparing the time to come on the show. Thank you. Yes.
1: Thank, you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh,
0: thank you. <laughs> okay, um, to all listeners, thanks for tuning in. If you like the show, please spread the word by sharing it with me your friends and family. You can connect with me online. Details are in the show's description. See you again next week on the Lola Salami Show. No. <laughs>